Tuesday, November 3rd, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA Podcast. Tonight's topics, UFC President Dana White is a good UFC promoter, but a terrible fight promoter. I'll break that down for you. It seems as if Dana White didn't even give Robert Whitaker the courtesy of calling him before he decided to move on to Adesanya versus Blackowitz. I talk about why that is another example of Dana White's poor promotion and poor management skills. There have been some questions that UFC President Dana White hasn't been asked, and the media will have the opportunity, I believe, to ask him these questions on Wednesday's Dana White Contender Series fight card, and I go over what questions I would like to see asked and why they need to be asked. And now, on with the show. Let's talk about a little bit about self-proclaimed fight genius Dana White and his promotional skills. So White's great at one thing, promoting himself and the UFC. He's bad at promoting fighters. As evidence of this, just look at how he handled the Uriah Hall Anderson Silva fight in the aftermath of Hall getting the knockout in the fourth round. He could have taken that opportunity to talk about everything that Silva had done for the UFC, everything Silva achieved while in the UFC, knowing that this was going to be most likely Silva's last fight. Could have praised him. It's a 16-fight winning streak, 10 title fight wins, moving up to light heavyweight while he was the middleweight champ and doing great work there. He could have done that. He could have acknowledged everything that Silva achieved. Instead, he shit on him and made it look like he shouldn't have even been in the cage. I understand some of that was to lower Silva's value on the free market if he hits the free market, if the UFC releases him, which they absolutely should if they're not going to give him another fight or pay him off. But even if they pay him off, he's still going to be out of his contract. This is the same guy who gave BJ Penn far more fights when he should have been retired. And Silva shouldn't even have to retire now. He, he still has something in him. He can beat many middleweights. There's no reason that you have to book him against a top 10 middleweight. Now, White will say, well, what about his pay? So what? Everything Anderson Silva made while he fought for the UFC is still far less than what he deserved. So the UFC got their juice out of Silva, and they should have treated him better. And White even said in that interview that he's treated Silva like family. And that's bullshit. This is the guy who he just ran down in almost every way possible. And then he comes back and says, well, we've always treated him like family. And I think, like I said, this stems from either being told that he can't give Silva another fight because of what he makes. And that might be from Endeavor because they might not see Silva worth the money that he is which he is because of everything he's achieved. Or it could have been because Silva spoke about how he liked how the UFC was with Lorenzo Fertitta and not how it is now. And White, being the egomaniacal man that he is, took that as a personal affront. And for someone who acts as tough as he does, this guy surely takes slights very poorly, very poorly. So that's not out of the question. It's just mind-boggling. White's attempt to run down Silva's value is 
also stunningly dumb because say Bellator signs him or one signs him. These folks know Silva's value. It's not like you're going to go out there and run down the value of Anderson Silva. You're not going to say, oh shit, Dana White says he's washed, so I'm going to believe Dana White. Come on. Everybody knows what Anderson Silva brings. Everybody knows what Anderson Silva fight like, fights like these days. And everybody knows if you bring him into your promotion and give him the right fights, he's going to win. You can set him up to win. And it's not like Bellator hasn't set people up to win before. We've had, we've seen it happen. Michael Page. How often has Michael Page fought somebody that was really top-notch? White's not going to be able to run Silva down. He's just not. Now, Hall, that's a different story. He shit on Uriah Hall when he should have been, if he was a real promoter, fight promoter, not UFC promoter, he should have built Hall up. But he's not about that. His job is, as much as he says he's a fight genius and a fight promoter, he's a UFC promoter. And the UFC's job and goal is to keep fighter pay low, keep profits high. A normal fight promoter would probably want to switch that around and promote the fighter instead of their business. So it's a backwards-ass situation in the UFC, and it's not going to change until someone makes it change. And you know what? Another re- another reason that this whole shit is, all this is ridiculous, I, I'm on Twitter, and I see that UFC fight lore thing that's on um, Fight Pass It's about Bruce Buffer. And they're still really early in this whole process. The best thing you can come up with to promote the UFC is something on Bruce Buffer. Not a fighter, an announcer. Again, this is the kind of shit that makes you realize the UFC is promoting the UFC and not the fighters. And I don't know why people buy Dana White as someone who's trying to help the fighters. He isn't. He's trying to help his the UFC ownership and himself. And the way he does that is promote those three word, three letters. No matter who is in the fight, it's UFC first. And I'll pay those guys as little as I can to make as much as I can for me and the ownership group. Which is fine, but don't deny that that's happening. Don't act like you're paying these guys tons of money when we all know what's what the pay scale is. It's shitty. About the Israel Adesanya and Jan Blachowicz fight, this is kind of a kick in the nuts to Thiago, Thiago Santos and Glover Teixeira who fight in the main event of Saturday's fight card. And because I'm sure they were both expecting that this fight would be a title eliminator. And now you throw this in that Adesanya's going to fight Blachowicz next. Well, what's this fight for then? Both these guys are on good winning streaks. Uh, both, well, if you discount Santos' loss to Jones. But he let's remember, you can sell that Santos fight in many ways. He went five rounds and lost a split decision to, to probably the, the greatest MMA UFC fighter of all time. And he did it on two shredded legs. And he still almost won. So, you could sell the hell out of that fight if you wanted to. But now, what can you say? These two guys are fighting and one of them's going to win. That's going to be the promotion. So, it was a weird time to announce the Adesanya fight. And it's going to be a a bad situation for both these guys. Because 
if if I thought I was maybe going to get a title shot and I was pumped up for that and now I know that's not going to happen. Now I'm just fighting for another win and then I don't know what comes after that. And that's got to be disappointing and that's got to be disheartening. So another example of bad timing and poor promotion. So I, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. And that's not even to mention Robert Whitaker, which I'm going to mention right now. The reason that Dana White gave for the Adesanya versus Blackwoods fight was that Whitaker, after his win over Jared Cannonier, said, this is to quote White, said that he did not want that fight. And then a couple days ago, Whitaker said that he was the, and this was before the announcement, before White announced that Adesanya was going to fight Blackwoods. Whitaker said that he absolutely wanted to fight Adesanya, wanted to figure out his, the puzzle, and that Adesanya was the only fighter he wanted to fight. And so MMA Junkie talked to Whitaker, and here's what he had to say. I certainly think he, meaning White, took a little twist to what I said. I never said I don't want to fight Izzy. That's not something I said. I did not say that. I'm looking to fight March, April next year. I would like to fight Izzy. If Izzy's moving up to fight Jan, then I'll move up and fight him there if he gets the win. I want that fight. I do want that fight. We just had to work it into that timeline. I have no control on what the UFC is going to do or what Izzy's going to do, but whether he's here at middleweight or up at light heavyweight, I'll take the fight. He added, they never reached out to me, not once. You think White would maybe confirm that Whitaker didn't want the fight before just saying, all right, this is what he said immediately after he fought Jerry Cannonier, and maybe I should double check with him. Because let's not forget, immediately after he fought Justin Gaethje, Habib Nurmagomedov said he was retiring. And then White said of that, well, he was very emotional and, you know, we'll, we'll got to double check. So you double check for Habib, you don't double check with Whitaker. Again, terrible management, terrible promotional ability, just not even thinking to contact these, these, these fighters before they before he moves on and makes a decision that's going to affect, in this case, three fighters' careers so he can make more money. And that's what this is. It's a money grab. Whitaker lost to Adesanya. It, was, it wasn't very close. And so you move on. But the guy wanted the fight. And after the fight, White even said that's the fight to make. But it wasn't, was it? All this circles around White and all this circles around White, White's promotion of the UFC and not the fighters, and are making money for the UFC, and not providing opportunities to the fighters in in their correct divisions. It's mind-boggling, it's slimy, and it's wrong. And to, to know that Whitaker didn't even get a call to, to double-check, what the hell is that? Makes, that makes it all the more shitty. But again, you think White has reached the bottom... But there's still more soft ground under there, and he can dig through that. So the Dana White Contender Series is back, and it is back tomorrow. And so these are some things I think White needs to be asked, things that have been bothering me, things that have not been asked, but definitely should be by the MMA media. I know I've been knocking the media quite a bit here lately, but it's not undeserved. So here's things they should ask Dana White. should ask him about the... 
Habib Nurmagomedov Instagram post where he called Emmanuel Macron scum and wished uh, harm to come to him. That needs to be addressed because that reflects on the UFC. And the, the UFC got lucky with the previous uh, Instagram post because the fighter had been released over the summer. Nurmagomedov has not been released and it's become a bigger issue because of France. A politician in France is asking for a player who liked that tweet to be removed from a French soccer team. This is a big incident, and I think it's probably something that's going to get undercovered in the MMA world because people like Habib, and this is one of those things I, I spoke about earlier, uh, a few days ago or last week, was that you don't get to pick and choose what you don't like. If something is controversial, so to speak, and I hate that word, you have to address it, whether it be Greg Hardy, whether it be Mike Perry, or whether it be Habib Nurmagomedov. You can't play favorites, and you can't dismiss things that should not be dismissed just because you like the fighter. We learn these things about fighters, and you know they need to be addressed, and this is one that needs to be addressed. He put that out there for the world, and it reflects on the UFC, and it should be spoken about. The Mike Perry investigation should be asked about why is the UFC not doing one. And again, this is something that does not need to be done by law enforcement. It reflects poorly on the UFC. If something happens with Perry in the future, the UFC is going to be asked, well, why didn't you do anything when you knew he had issues? And then they're going to be in a bind there. They're going to be, well, you know, we couldn't do anything. But you, they absolutely can. The UFC does tons of things it shouldn't. Under the under the guise of whatever you know that they that they're the the, the UFC and the, they employ these are they contract guys and and women so why not address it why not investigate it Greg Hardy was investigated by the NFL independently why can't Mike Perry be investigated it's not that he can't it's that the UFC does not want to the fight's coming up they don't want to lose Perry off the card and so they just kind of ignore it and White tries to make the make Perry's ex-wife look like she's just making shit up. But there's police reports, and there's pictures, there's a 911 call from Perry's mother. That's enough to investigate the guy on. And don't give me this law investigation bullshit. It doesn't fly. It's a cop-out, and it's a, a weak excuse. This one has been bothering me, and it got glossed over, and that is the weigh-in at UFC 254. And I'm not going to say that any fighter should be asked about this because their job is to get on the scale. It's the scale operator's job to weigh them properly. I didn't watch it the whole whole weigh-in, so I don't know. But I do know that Nurmagomedov was not weighed properly. The scale did not settle, and therefore he was not weighed properly. Now, what, why this bothers me a lot and why it needs to be asked about is because the UFC served as its own commission. So I don't know who was operating the scale, but that is something that should be found out. Who operated the scale? Why wasn't it, why wasn't it handled properly? Why was the weight not set and, and allowed to balance? These are questions the UFC has to answer because these are questions that would be asked of any commission. If we saw this in California, we would ask California. If we saw this in Nevada, we would ask Nevada. But we're not going to ask the UFC. 100% the UFC should be asked about this because it served as its own commission. And that is dicey enough. But then when you have 
an improperly operated scale that everyone saw, the questions get a little more urgent. So needs to be asked. And the final thing I, I'd want to ask here is what's going on with Venom? Do we have any information? What's the pay breakdown there? What's the share? How much is the UFC going to keep? How much is the UFC going to give back to the fighters? Because we know Dana White originally said in the Reebok deal the fighters would get all the money. Well, we know that did, that turned out to be not even close to being true because the UFC counted the gear as part of the money that was going to go to the fighters. And if you're a fighter, you're probably going to want cash more than a bunch of Reebok shit that you're not going to wear more than once. So this the Venom deal has a lot of room to improve over the Reebok deal. But is it going to? Is it going to be black and white? Are they going to expand it to four or five colors? Are they going to have get fighters to have personalized gear? Because they absolutely should. But more importantly, what kind of money is a deal worth? And how much is going to the fighters? Because it has to be a lot more than the Reebok deal, which already screwed fighters out of, some fighters probably out of hundreds of thousands or more in in branding that they could have gotten from making their own deals other fighters probably worked out okay for them but i much prefer the the situation where you can go out and get your own sponsors because that benefits the fighters these the reebok deal and now the venom deal probably going to be benefit the ufc much more than it benefits the fighters but we need answers on that that's for sure I think that's all I have for today. I will be back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe.